0: Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and today I was lucky to sit down with Jacob Carter, the CEO and founder of Nurture Boss. In this conversation, we talk through what's on Jacob's mind as a founder the balance between marketing and operations, as well as where the biggest opportunities are for operators in 2023. This was a fun conversation, and it was really cool to just riff with someone as smart as Jacob, and I truly hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Jacob, here we go. Welcome to Modern Multifamily. Thanks for having me. Hey man, I'm excited to have you. And before we jump into like the fun stuff, I'd, I'd love to hear what you and the Nurture Boss team have been up to.
1: Yeah, uh, getting ready for 2023 like everybody else. You know, um, a lot of exciting stuff, uh, product-wise and feature-wise, in the works that uh, I'm excited to kind of announce to the world in in the near future. But uh, really, just focusing on how to best serve our customers in the industry in 2023 because. You know we all think that's going to look a little different than it did last year and and the year before so focused heads down and ready to get to work
0: so i've been talking to tons of founders senior level executives on our side on the prop tech space but also operators uh everyone's mind is just racing right now with everything that's happening whether it's the economic question marks, some of the layoffs uh lots of operators facing tons of pain on on just staffing right now rents you know softening up um i'd love to start like what is on your mind right now heading into this new year
1: yeah that's uh i mean everything that you just said right uh like everybody else i think something that the new perspective going into 2023 has really got me thinking about is where we draw the line between marketing and ops and if it's in the right spot uh it's worth saying that there is not a spot that the line exists. Every company, uh, you know, and every group is going to do it differently. But what is marketing's job and what is the job of operations and how big is the overlap in that Venn diagram? So just to give a little more context, and then I'm kind of curious if you have thoughts on this, but let's go outside of multifamily for a second. Let's go into like SaaS and traditional tech in, in other industries. You know, we have a marketing team that handles marketing and advertising, generates leads, and then markets or nurtures those leads until they become sales qualified leads. And then it would go over to the sales team, which is ops in this, you know, scenario. And the sales team is going to do what they need to do to close the deal and turn them into customers or residents, right? Now, when I try to correlate this to multifamily, sometimes I feel like we stop the marketing too fast. So you generate the lead, but now what are you doing with it, right? How are we qualifying that lead? How are we continuing to nurture that lead? How are you using the data available to us about that lead to really set up the onsite team to be as successful as possible in an incredibly efficient way, right? So we're not wasting time. They're busy enough as it is so that we can convert as many of those leads to possible uh, into residents. And then I guess I'll pause there, but there's a whole resident side that I think is worth diving into also.
0: Well, I mean, they say, it's kind of an old saying, but they say, you know, what what gets measured gets, you know, managed. And I, right. I think in a lot of ways, I agree with you. I was sitting down with the COO of uh, one of the, the, the top 10 NMHC uh, management company yesterday in North Carolina. And I was asking her, like, what's on her mind? And she said that, like, the balance between marketing and leasing is just something that's gotten wildly disconnected, you know, they're spending all this money, uh, and they firmly believe that the opportunity right now is to tighten up leasing, because mm-hmm. there's plenty of lead, lead interest, lead generation, the throughput and the conversion just isn't happening. And you know, there's things that, that you can blame, like people, not enough people, uh, not harnessing the right technology, uh, making mm-hmm. sure that they're using uh, automations to make sure that, that leads are getting nurtured and worked on. But I think, you know, in, in my world, like chief revenue officer, that's my title and I oversee go to market the whole choreography for how we attract customers, turn them into customers and then retain them, making that renewal really predictable. And I think we're in the early days of seeing our customers start to think about that differently, but also seeing technology companies on our end align themselves to making sure that there's more ownership but also transparency as to that that whole equation. But I'll, I'll pause.
1: Yeah, no, I love all that. I, I agree with all of that um, for, for what it's worth. You know, we have this idea of closed loop analytics. Uh, it's not a new idea. It's an underutilized idea in every industry, not just multifamily. But there is tons of information that operations has that marketing would benefit from having insight into. So the needs uh, of a property are fluid and dynamic and change every month. If operations knows the ATR is about to skyrocket, marketing needs to know that because their strategy should change accordingly, right? To try to stay ahead of that curve. Uh, This idea of closed loop and and how we can bring that into multifamily, um, we're sitting on a a gold mine of, of data, right? There is so much data that if we can find a way to connect it in an efficient, in a clear way that tells the story, we can beat this game of staying ahead of the curve, right? So do I need to change my investment on where I'm getting my leads from? Do I need to change my investment on what I'm doing to those leads once I have them? Is there a training I need to implement for onsite teams because there's a specific part of the funnel that I'm weak in where my conversions all of a sudden just disappear, right? That data is there. Every company out there, every property management company knows the answer to that if they go and look for it. So I think the thing I would just add to this is this idea of closed loop data or sharing of information between marketing and ops is critical to really leveling up the game so that we can not waste dollars, not waste conversions, and have the kind of outcome that we're looking for, whatever that might be at each property.
0: So I mean you're you're working with clients of all shapes and sizes third party owner operator probably some owners directly mm-hmm. and you're you're probably seeing all of the different you know possible scenarios in existence sure. out there today best case like best case you get a lead now what like what what are you seeing as like the playbook mentality that if every operator was to do these couple things on repeat it would have a material impact, whether it's, you know, faster conversion, optimizing marketing spend, or simply having more insight into where the breaks are so they can actually make the tweaks. Because I think blind spots are one of the biggest barriers right now in the space is we have money or we have resource. What do we do with it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that question. And Immediately, there's like 100 now what's I want to give you, but that's that's too much. So I'm going to really try to keep this concise. But a lot of this stuff we're going to know, too. I think some things might surprise people to hear, but a lot of this is, is uh, hopefully knowledge we all have by now. But the first thing is get back to that lead immediately, right? If you generate a lead, that lead should not go more than... Minutes, right? And I know last year, you're going to find some recording of me saying within the first two hours, whatever, I've changed my mind. Minutes, right? We need to be getting back uh, to these prospects, letting them know, thank you for showing your interest. Here's some information we might think you're interested in. And here's some ways for you to self-serve to continue to move through this cycle. So not a a two-sentence autoresponder that goes from your CRM that says, we have your info, we'll be in touch. Get in touch within minutes, right? And That could be an onsite team member doing that. It could be technology you leverage. I don't think that matters. Um, But get back to every prospect within minutes is the first thing. The next thing is stop closing leads so fast. Because somebody didn't get back to you after two follow-ups does not mean they're not interested. It means they're just as busy as you are, right? You should be having 8 to 12 follow-ups, 8 to 12 touch points with no response before you're marking a lead is lost. I think the reason that we're seeing leads getting closed so fast is that the on-site team, rightfully so, is trying to mitigate or uh, keep reasonable the amount of leads they need to follow up with. And listen, if you're not getting back to me, I'm done reaching out to you. Again, that's where tech, automation, and other tools can really help. But we should not be closing leads uh, prior to 8 to 12 touch points or follow-ups. I don't care if they haven't responded to a single one of them. It doesn't mean they're not interested yet, right? Just keep on it. They'll find the time to open their email or check their text and you can still win the business. Now, the last thing I'll say, there's so many things, right? But the last one I'll say for the sake of brevity is identify what your ICP is, right? So in the SaaS world, we have our ideal customer profile. We know what people that will buy our product look like. And we know that because we analyze the people who have bought our product. So I'm not implying you know, that uh, we do anything that is um, at risk of fair housing or anything like that, of course. But what I'm saying is that there are traits and trends we can identify in individuals outside of protected classes, of course, that identify what a uh, resident that is likely to convert looks like. Find those, find them as fast as you can and get a human to human interaction as fast as you can with those individuals. So that's that closed loop analytics I was talking about. Look at why you're successful. Look at what an ICP for your property is and identify those as early in the sales funnel as you can.
0: I like it. Do you, do you see that beast like being something that customers widely can adopt all at once or is this kind of a crawl walk run mentality like you think about implementing new technology let alone supporting processes um, have you seen this kind of thing work up front or is this sort of a Let's step into it and make a couple, you know, investments in tightening up our follow up to start. You know, it sounds like lead response is important, and then let's elongate the sales process. Let's not give up too early. Like, I'd love to hear your guidance on how you're seeing this work, but also, like, what could the playbook be for someone who wants to make some shifts this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's not a, qual- a crawl, walk, run; it's a walk, run. And what I mean by that is that you can automate most of the lead to lease and lease to renewal life cycle within a period of a couple of weeks. Find a vendor that you trust. Find a vendor that cares about uh, you know your outcome and performance, understands your market, puts the time and energy into learning your properties, and make sure their tool is working for you specifically. And you can right away check a lot of these boxes. The immediate follow-up, The not closing leads too fast, um, you know, and all the other ones I didn't mention around automating and continuous follow-up, personal follow-up, self-serving, all of that box can be checked right away. That's your walk phase. Now, the run phase is when you are getting really intelligent around making data-informed decisions, data-driven decisions, uh, you know, whatever the the phrase is that that you want to use at your company. That takes, I think, help. I think you need an expert. You need somebody that's done it before. Uh, The technology alone is not going to solve the problem. You need to know how to interpret the data. You need to know how to craft the data into a story that makes sense for your business. And that's not something you can do overnight. But the sooner you get started and relying on people that have had success doing that before the faster that you'll be able to achieve that. So instead of crawl, walk, run, I'll give it a walk run, uh, if that makes sense.
0: No, I, I, I totally dig that. Um, so we talked about the line being somewhat fuzzy, uh, maybe inappropriately balanced between marketing and ops. What are what are some of the other things you're thinking about or, or seeing in the space?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna go back to my analogy earlier where um, you know I work in the SaaS world, in the software world, and I think that there are a lot of things that we do well um, that makes sense in other industries. So an example of that, and, and you alluded to this earlier when you talked about making renewals predictable and your role as, as CRO, when we win business, we don't stop, right? There's a whole other entity uh, in our world called customer success, where their sole job is to make sure that customer is happy, getting value from our product, and increasing the chances of renewal, expansion, saturation, so on and so forth. That should absolutely, and a lot of times does, but should absolutely exist in multifamily. When the resident moves in, your job is not done. They should not... Uh, not hear from the onsite team for another nine months until it's time to renew, right? The resident should be nurtured just as much as they were when they were a prospective resident, making sure that they're having a delightful experience, that they feel a part of the community. They're taking advantage of all the benefits of your community. They're telling their friends, they're leaving you reviews so that ultimately you're creating more predictable renewals for yourself. And then going into 2023, I think we all uh, are putting a lot more attention in that than maybe we did the last couple of years.
0: This is a random tangent, but have you heard or watched the Real Page Twenty Three Voices in Twenty Three? Have you seen that yet? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was yesterday. I think was the the hour long webinar that I I watched. Yeah,
0: yeah. I loved it. I I was actually pretty blown away at some of the like the common threads there. And Alexis Merle from uh, Middleburg talked about that specifically, like this this notion of like renewals being like wildly unpredictable and a surprise versus having like a calculated plan on how you approach them based on the state of each and every one of your properties. So I think what you're talking about is interesting. And I know the economics in a B2C organization are different in a B2B based on the the value of a resident, but I, I do think there's room um, in some of the organizations to invest and in maybe higher level staff for some of these positions to take a bet of what could a higher level person do one-to-many versus one-to-one and i think what you're talking about we'll, we'll see that that happen in the coming years by 2025 i think staffing levels will be wildly different
1: yeah and uh scott the cto at rpm uh, he opened up the the twenty three voices, and he said, "Driving efficiencies without sacrificing performance, right? And that's exactly what we're talking about here as well: is how do we do all these things, but not start doing them, uh, you know, uh, half as good, right? We need to stand out, provide the best service, uh, but get a lot more done. So increase efficiency without sacrificing your performance."
0: I think another thing that that is interesting as you say that is it's like investing in what a lot of B2B companies would call like the flywheel. Like Brian Halligan from HubSpot talks about killing the funnel and it's all about the flywheel. Turn your customers Mm -hmm. into raving fans and the rest takes off. You get more referrals, you get more organic, you get more inbounded demand. And I I know there's there's always a balance because there's never going to be a perfect community with, with a perfect 10 score. But I do think that that does impact marketing, that does reduce the the noise, and that flywheel mentality is something I think a lot of people could be more calculated on.
1: Yeah, I, I love the flywheel. And for anybody listening, watching, whatever, that doesn't have a good visual for this, Amazon has the easiest one to understand, right? Where you have sellers, and the more sellers, the more options there are. The more options there are, the better the customer experience the better the customer experience, the more traffic you have, which brings more sellers selection, right? And it just goes and goes and goes. So by just finding your flywheel and investing into those areas, it's a self-perpetuating machine that just makes a great experience for everybody involved.
0: Any other kind of like top of mind things or or thoughts in your world? You know, I think that
1: I guess kind of the the last thing I'll wrap up with is I am curious what 2024 looks like. And what I mean by that is our mentality is shifting drastically from two years uh, to to this year and resident retention is a priority, right? Uh, Loss to lease is changing. Uh, The numbers are drastically different than they were a year ago. And a lot of people are quickly trying to adapt to this need to uh, retain residents, right? And what we saw also was apartments leasing themselves for a long time. So you see on-site teams kind of losing that muscle of turning leads into leases. And I'm curious if 2024 is us saying, we learned our lesson the last four years and we're gonna stop not investing in areas because the grass is green. We're going to finally invest in all areas at all times so that no matter what 2025 looks like, we're ready and we're prepared to handle it. You know, So that's kind of what I'm curious to see if, if that happens uh, in the next 12 months or so.
0: I think two things that will happen for sure, uh, and, and we're both seeing it just on operating our respective businesses, is going to be defensibility is going to be really important. So making sure that you have your respective moat for your business Mm -hmm. and having a foundation, like I think having a foundation that is set so that we're we're not caught on our heels. Like I look back at the acceleration that COVID caused of better technology, which has been largely good for all of us, but we were all caught on our heels there for a minute, a month, maybe even the whole year. I think- you know at the the low cost barrier to entry for a lot of these great solutions out there i do think that companies are going to invest in a standardized operating stack regardless of best and breeder all in one to make sure that when the time comes or the playbook mentality is necessary that, that folks will be able to be more nimble because acceleration is going to definitely keep on happening and i think that that pace is only going to increase
1: yeah yeah i agree with that and just to bring the 23 voices into it one more time, you know, Jennifer at Western Wealth basically shared that exact sentiment, right? Where it's like, I need all the things, but I don't need them all going at 100% all the time, right? Um, so having them as critical, having them in a variable fashion uh, is is also just as critical.
0: Well, I'd love to use uh, Chris Arnold saying and, and roll out the red carpet and for anyone listening, Jacob um, staffing is going to be a huge challenge this year. I think centralization is going to continue to be a, a conversation of how can we be more efficient with less resources? Uh, Nurture boss is doing a ton right now to help, and I'd love to hear from you on a how you're helping customers and how prospects should be thinking about you and Mm -hmm. B, maybe a few things that you're excited about, uh, the year ahead. Yeah. So
1: nurture boss is helping our customers, uh, by, like I said earlier, creating efficiencies without sacrificing performance, right? So our goal is to automate as much of the lead to lease, uh, workflow, specifically around communication as possible. So you can get that first message out in a really customized, personalized way within minutes of lead generation. You can continue to stick with the prospect, provide them tools to self-serve tirelessly, right? Throughout the life cycle, leave the lead open, don't let it close, but also don't sink your manpower into it. And then when the prospect does ultimately turn into a resident, stick with them, communicate with them on a monthly basis, give them a personal experience so they have a delightful experience living at your property, and that's what Nurture Boss does for our customers. We do it all automatically with our, you know, um, modern AI-powered technology, and uh, that's the the value that we're able to bring to multifamily. In terms of uh, what I'm uh, excited about and looking forward to, uh, I'm excited to see the continued innovation that Nurture Boss, Rent Dynamics, and the rest of the the, the vendors, if you will, in this space, are going to provide in 2023. If nothing else, uh, tech is incredibly good at adapting and molding itself to changing times. We don't know quite what 2023 is going to look like, but we all have a pretty good idea. And watching the innovation stem from that, watching the maturity of property management companies adopt that innovation is something that I'm really looking forward to and excited to be a part of.
0: Man, I couldn't agree more. Well, I'll tell you this, I think the future is bright for us this coming year, and I'm really excited to see you on the circuit. Maybe Social Media Summit or AIM will probably be the first ones for us. And uh, I'll include all your contact info, but you're pretty easy to find. So thanks a ton for joining me today, Jacob.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.